If you have your Bible, please open to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, a very familiar passage, but in the Gospel of John, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 15. In John's Gospel, um, he, he stresses something at the end of this familiar passage, and that's where I want us to spend just a few moments before we go to prayer and confession. John chapter 6, beginning in verse number 1. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii would not, be, would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, Well, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. And so they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Now, very, very familiar passage recorded in um, the Gospels. Uh, Here again in the Gospel of John, Jesus miraculously feeding thousands upon thousands of people. Says, you know, 5,000 men in number, meaning there could have been women and children there too. So the number was likely much larger than 5,000. But Jesus, as only he can do as the Son of God, he feeds them miraculously with just five loaves and two fish. Because that's what he's able to do. He is able to multiply such a little bit and do so much for so many. And we know this passage. It's one of the passages we go to to prove, you know, that Jesus is the Son of God. He has the power of the Holy Spirit because a normal person couldn't do this. And we're right to focus on this. But like I said, John adds something at the end of this that is just, it's striking to me. And so look again at verse 15. Because this is what the people do in response, perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. 
And so the people here, they see that Jesus is able to do a sign like this, and they'd seen other signs as well, and they knew, you know, Old Testament promises and prophecies of a coming Savior, a coming King who was going to be able to do stuff like this, and they are thinking in their minds, this is the guy, and we need to make him King right now. And Jesus understood that it was not his time to be king. There's another place, I think it's in the Gospel of Mark. If you've ever read it, sometimes when Jesus is recognized for who he is, he's like, don't tell anybody. Don't go talk about him. We're like, why wouldn't you want to talk about Jesus? I mean, we're supposed to talk about him. He did something good for us. Uh, The people in there say, and they want to go tell as many people as possible. And Jesus is like, not yet. Why? Because Jesus understood that his kingdom would only come through the path of the cross. If he doesn't go through the cross and the resurrection, there will be no true kingdom of God. And so Jesus knows that if they tried to make him king now, it would short circuit everything that he's planning to do. And in fact, this kingship, this early kingship would in fact end in nothing. It wouldn't do anything for anyone. It would not result in our salvation. It would not result in our freedom from sin. It would not result in eternal life. A king like this that the people forced to be king would be quickly put down by Rome and that would be the end of it. And he would legitimately be accused of setting himself up to do something that he hadn't come to do. And so when he talks about, he, when, when John says he perceived that they were going to take him by force to make him king and he withdrew, I think what we need to see is that Jesus understood the priority that we need to have as well. And what I mean is, We need to think about Jesus as our king. We need to think about his kingdom, but not in earthly terms. We we can so easily in our day and age get caught up in wanting the immediate manifestation of the kingdom of God. We, We want to almost through social and political means enforce the kingdom of God on people. And it's just something we cannot do. The kingdom of God, according to Scripture, spreads through the preaching of the gospel and the conversion of sinners as they repent and put their faith in Jesus Christ. So when we we want to know where is the kingdom of God in the world, well, it's where people are submitting to Jesus as king. We're waiting for for the political, physical, earthly manifestation when he comes back. But until that time, the kingdom is tied to where people are following Jesus where people submit to him as king. Because Jesus knew it would totally upset the true kingdom plan if he took his kingdom early and in the wrong way. And we need to learn from that and say we don't need to expect Jesus to manifest his kingdom in ways the Bible never says it will. And so we just need to guard our hearts We need to guard our hearts against the temptation to, and forgive the use of this phrase, to hitch the kingdom of Jesus to temporary earthly things. And let, according to Scripture, that His kingdom will come in the way He says it will come, and it will manifest in the way He says it will be manifested. Think about what He says later to Pilate. He says, My kingdom is not of this world. That should be very instructive for us. Yes, the kingdom is real. Yes, we worship the king, even as we sang in the song. But the king we worship is in heaven. He reigns from heaven. And we long for the day when he comes back. 
Yes, we do. We want to see his kingdom spread everywhere. But until that time, we can't get caught up in thinking the kingdom is going to be manifested through earthly means. The kingdom is manifested through supernatural means even now as the Holy Spirit works and people come to faith in Jesus and mature in Jesus. The church goes out and makes disciples. We need to think of the church in light of this. We need to think of our, our Christian lives in light of this. We don't want to pursue a kingdom agenda, to borrow a phrase, that is out of sync with the Bible. And so this is really just a challenge to examine our hearts. When we think about the kingdom of God, when we think about Jesus reigning as king, now, before he comes back, what are we expecting? What are we looking for? These people here were looking to make something earthly, visible, manifest. And Jesus knows that's not how it was going to be. And so let's just for a few moments examine our hearts and, and, and be honest with whether or not we have been wanting to see the kingdom of Jesus displayed in a way that is not how the Bible says it will be displayed. So I'll give you a few moments to, uh, to pray and think on your own and then I'll close this. Our Heavenly Father, please forgive us if we find in ourselves any wrong expectations of how the kingdom of our Savior is to be displayed in the world. God, we know from so many scriptures that right now we don't, simply don't have time to look at that the kingdom is tied to the preaching of the gospel, to those who are submitting themselves to Jesus as King. Lord, we cannot tie the kingdom to temporary earthly institutions and earthly aims, as good as they may be. God, because we know that when Jesus returns, all will bow the knee. Because the kingdom is where people are submitting to Christ. And so, Lord, help us think rightly about the kingdom. Lord, help us see any way that we might be expecting the kingdom to function or be displayed in this world that is out of sync with what is in Scripture. And Lord, help us think only in terms of what the Bible says. God, that we might preach Christ more and more truly and fully and purely as He deserves to be preached. So God, work in our hearts in this. Lord, give us grace in light of a culture. And so many people want to tie the kingdom to so many social and political causes. And God, while certainly we can make a difference and pursue righteousness in those areas as individual believers, God, help us remember that the kingdom is bigger than that. And the work of the kingdom does more than that. Because only through the preaching of the gospel... Can sinners be saved and be brought back to a right relationship with you? And Lord, help us never forget that that is the true chief message of the kingdom right now. That there is forgiveness and there is new life in Jesus. So God, work in our hearts. Help us stay aligned with your word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.